Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Lucas Fryman, and I hope everyone had a fantastic week. We got a lot of things to talk about. We have a fully packed schedule ahead of us, and I have two special guests that um, it's going to be, like I said, this is going to be a fun and long episode. But what are we, guys? We are a local podcast. We always support our local teams to start. And just a quick reminder, in case you're new to the show, uh, the local portion, uh, the local segment is brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com and use code DOUBLETECHNICAL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. And remember, SeatGeek has tickets to everything. Okay, so again... Code double technical saves you $20 off your first ticket purchase. So now we are going to talk about the team that we always talk about first, and that is Big Blue Nation UK. And of course, we are joined by none other than the expert, the one and only Michael McCarty. It's been a while, sir. How have you been? We've missed your knowledge. Trust me. <laughs> I have been fantastic. Thank you for having me on again. I am a. Uh excited to talk some sports good because we have a lot to talk about so sweet let's really quickly jump into the most recent game by Kentucky since we last talked a lot of things have uh, transpired we lost Alabama we bounced back got two wins against Texas A&M and Vanderbilt and then on Tuesday we went out and had a very dominant win over Georgia 69 to 49 was the final total in that game uh Haggins had 23 points uh everybody seemed to play very well in that game PJ Washington 10 6 and 4 uh Hero 12 7 and 4 as well it was a very good well-fought game we kept Georgia down to horrible shooting numbers i mean they shot 30% from the floor and 14% from 3 but what was your takeaway? Because I thought maybe Georgia would be a little bit more of a challenge, but obviously not. Is this a good stepping stone as we get ready to go into the onslaught that's ahead of us? I mean, it is. Every every time we play, it helps. Um, you know, we've still got a lot. We still cannot get everyone to play good in the same game. Like, I, I know you said that you th- felt everyone played good in this one, but Kelton Johnson didn't score. True. And true. he needs to be our leading scorer. And then. Um, Travis only had six points, which were all in the first like two minutes of the game. So we still are not consistently across the board, but that's fine. I don't want to be consistent until March and April. True. So yeah, and that, that's what I'm concerned about everything working. So yeah, no, the biggest takeaway from this game is Ashton Hagens. He is unbelievable. It is insane how good he is. He um, had four steals again this game, which means that's what, Six games in a row with three or more steals. That's a record at UK. That's crazy. That like he is a defensive nightmare, and I love it. And I think that is completely a game changer for this entire team. The way he is playing defense is, I think, motivating and helping other player uh, players play better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Hero would be the perfect example of that. I feel like his defense has gotten twice as good as it was at the beginning of the year, and I think a lot of that has to do with beating off that energy of Hagens. Mm-hmm. So I think that's key. Um, man, PJ Washington had another solid game. Uh, if he could hit that outside shot consistently, then I don't know how you guard him. Especially, well, that, and let's go back to Hagens too, because I love Hagens, so I'm going to talk about <laughs> him a lot. 
Um, <laughs> man, the twenty three points. If he, if he, I mean, he in SEC play has been averaging like sixteen points a game. If he continues that, he he's our best point guard since maybe John Wall. Wow, that's kind of a bold statement. Yeah, but that defense, man, like I, I, it's unbelievable. It's true. Uh, well, actually, you know, kind of how you were talking about how many steals that he's had over the last few games. Uh, a cool little factoid that I saw, uh, thanks to Kentucky basketball Twitter. Um, so obviously the record holder for steals is Rajon Rondo, who had 87 in the 2004-05 season. Um, Higgins has had 36 steals up to this point of the season, but 26 of those 36 came in the last six games. Yeah. No, he could beat it. I mean, 26 steals in six games. That's in- crazy. Yeah, I it's 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 amazing is what it is and it's fun <laughs> to watch. That style of play, just the strong de- de- good defense in basketball is always fun to watch. Very but having true. a guy just dominate team after team when they know it's coming. I mean, Cream even told his players no dribble handoffs in that game because Hagens is too good. That's changing the way teams play. When your defense, when you're having teams completely change the way everyone does the dribble handoffs now. And they're like, you, we can't even do that because this guy's too good. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you this, because even though, yes, obviously I'm a huge UK fan, but I'm nowhere near as big of a fan as you are as far as all your you knowledge. Are. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you, you just, you come with so much better knowledge. Was Hagen supposed to be this, or is this really like leaving everyone, even like coach Cal bewildered that he's developed and already playing outstanding? That's enough. I don't know. I would say for the average fan, this is surprising. Uh-huh. I feel like some people knew this was coming. I was not one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the number one point guard in the class before he reclassified to this year. Okay. So there was no doubt that his talent was through the roof. It's his, the jumps he's made and how he just keeps getting better and better is what is surprising. I think it was maybe the North Carolina game where Rex Chapman was on the pregame. And he actually said that Hagens is the best player on the team. And he may be the best defensive player to ever play at Kentucky. Like, I laughed when I heard that because I was like, okay, come on, (laughs) settle down. But, you know, Rex Chapman's also forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. So Mm -hmm. he was right. And I I don't think it's as much of a surprise to the coaching staff as it is to the fans to see the guy just because he was was so nonchalant and okay Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. And then now he is, I think, our best player. Wow. Well, I mean, I would agree with that, even though it's to me really surprising. But we're we're gonna talk more on that note that you kind of left off there in a little bit. Um, so great victory. We're now thirteen and three, and we are getting ready tomorrow, four o'clock on ESPN. We are playing number fourteen Auburn. We're number twelve now. They finally came out with the new ranks. Um, they are thirteen and three as well. This is a game that I have been fearing, and actually looking at the power index by ESPN, it is saying that is a 69% chance that Auburn is going to win this game. What does UK have to do 
to go in to Auburn and steal a game out from under them? Well, it's it's hard to get a road victory in the SEC regardless of your opponent, especially when you're Kentucky, because everyone seems to give us their best shot. So they, you know, Auburn's got, you know, three really standout players in my opinion. Uh, Bryce Brown, their senior guard, shoots thirty-seven percent from the three-point line. That's a stat you hate to see, since we seem to be incapable of guarding the three-point. Uh, Jared Harper, another guard, um, shoots 40% from the three-point line. And Austin Wiley, their center, um, has two blocks a game. Now, the guards, I think we can counteract that, especially with Hagans. Okay. I think that doesn't scare me as much. Guards always go off on us. They'll get their points. My concern is actually the center because he's one of those long athletic centers, and I don't think that Reed Travis can do anything with that. I think we need, we're going to have to have a big game from Richards in order to win this game, and maybe even Montgomery. I was just about to say, because I, I know, uh, I believe, you you were talking a little bit about Richards on uh, the Twitterverse, right? About how they need to get more playing time? Yes, yes. Uh, and it's two people. It's funny. There's two switch-ups that I think Coach Cal doesn't want to make right now that I think maybe there's some games he should. And I think that is having Reed Travis go to the bench and having Richards come in. And also having Tyler Hero go to the bench when he's not hitting and giving Jamal Baker more time. Because hmm. Baker's, I mean, Baker's hitting and he plays better defense. Very true. I mean, on those games where Hero's not hitting anything, I think you should get Baker more time. And the same thing goes with Travis. I, you know, Reed Travis is great. I, I really am glad we have him on our team. And I think he's going to play an important key um, in our postseason run. But these big athletic guys, that's, we have to have Richard show up. And I think we can do it. So, what uh, is your prediction? Then for this Auburn UK matchup, well UK is going to win because I think they can beat everyone. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Auburn, man, if Auburn's hitting the threes and they, they shoot thirty three pointers a game, that's, that's a, a lot. lot of threes. <laughs> that is a lot of threes. If they are hitting, we're in trouble. But if they even just have an average shoot, shooting night, and Kentucky shows up to play, I think we can. I think we can take them. Um, I'm looking for a big bounce back game too from uh, Kelton Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's he scored zero points. I don't think that's going to be able to happen again. And I think he's going to come out and score in the mid twenties and really put on a show. <sighs> I I hope you're right, man. I this is this is one that I was nervous about a majority of the year because Auburn has been a legit contender, and so uh, this is going to be a good test. Uh, I'm trying to be. You know, I'm I'm trying to weather my expectations because, like you said, this is on the road, so this is going to be hard. Yeah, um, but, and, and I mean, but that makes it almost a free game because we're not expected to win. True. So as long, I mean, I don't want to get blown out, but if we go in there and lose a five, six point game, okay, no worries. That was what was supposed to happen. Yeah. So we really have, you know, nothing to lose from that standpoint. We can go in and get the win. It's not like most of our SEC matchups where we're still expected to win regardless of the opponent. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So that is on Saturday at four o'clock. And then I want to look a little bit forward ahead uh, because, you know, my my analysis on Mondays when there's a game in the middle of the week just doesn't do the service of your analysis. So we have a game after Auburn on Tuesday at 7 o'clock on ESPN versus number 24, Mississippi State. Uh, they as well are 13-3. and three. UK is, though, heavily favored to win this matchup. They're at a 76% according to ESPN. Um, what do we have to do to not lose this game because this is in Rupp arena and yeah. you know, this is a tough opponent, but it, you, at least what everyone thinks is that this is something that we should be able to handle. Well, I mean, you, you got to win your home games. That's, you know, the bottom line right there. Um, this is another one of those really good three point shooting teams, um, which is scary. They shoot almost 42% from three point range. Wow. That's a, uh, that that's not a stat I love to see, um, but their guard play is once again their strong point. Uh, they have the Weatherspoon brothers, and we're just gonna have to slow those two guys down and keep them in check. And I think this is a—I mean, it's Mississippi State. They're good. There's no doubt about that. They're ranked. We should win this game though. At home, we we should be able to beat this team. We are a legit top ten team, and the way you showcase that is by beating the lower ranked teams when they come into your homes um home court you know those those guys 15 to 25 you got to beat them at home you can lose to them on the road but you got to beat them at home yeah that i was actually surprised you know mississippi state that they were you know doing that well so yeah definitely not somebody to overlook but like you said we should definitely come out and defend our home court I'm just I'm I'm so focused on this game Saturday and then, you know, yeah. what I'm just afraid of is are we going to glance over Mississippi State because of the next Saturday game which we'll talk about next week hopefully, you know, against Kansas. That that's kind of where my concern lies, you know, is this a potential trap game after we come off maybe a big victory against Auburn and then we have the Mississippi State game in between Kansas. That is what worries me. Well, and I think that helps that they're ranked True. That it's it, not, you know, it's a lot harder to overlook a team when they have, you know, that number next to their name. That's a good point. That's that's a very good point. Well, we'll just uh we'll have to wait and see because that's what you have to do with sports, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll they'll win. It'll be all right. Okay. Thank you. I you could tell my you know, I was nervous there, but any <laughs> anytime Michael just comforts me with my UK worries, it, I just I can sleep better at night. So the thing that I wanted to talk next about, and this is something that I feel like UK sometimes has struggled with in years past, um, and it usually is around SEC time when we find out uh, who this is. With UK and all these draft classes, how we're always uh, always having rotating players, and we're having very young and new, and you know this one and done system has changed up to where you have you know a a four year senior that's obviously the leader. With this club and the way that they're playing right now, who is the leader of this UK squad that they can, you know trust and fall into in times of need kind of like uh how fox was or how wall was or anthony davis you know those players that you could trust to make the big plays when it needs to happen who is that on this squad 
Uh, well, I, I if you asked me this question at the beginning of the year, I would have told you it was going to be Johnson. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I'd say it's all day, every day, Ashton Higgins. Even over Travis and Washington, who are older, more experienced? Yeah, it, uh, definitely over PJ. Now, I, I, I love PJ, but he reminds me a lot of Alex Poitras. Okay. Where he's got the talent, and you're going to get some big games at him, but you're also going to get quite a bit of mediocre games. I have officially categorized PJ Washington as another Alex Poitras. He is what he is. Interesting. Um, Travis is going to be, he could be a calming factor mm-hmm. for this team if things start to get bad. And he should be that guy that we can throw the ball, you know, it, down on the post and let him get us a quick two when we need to settle down. But I would put him third on the list. I, I would put Ashton Hagen's one, and then I would put Kelvin Johnson as our number two. Because I, I don't think Hagen's is scoring more, uh-huh. and it, it comes down to the end of the game. I want the ball in Hagen's hands and let him decide what to do. But if if it wasn't in his hands, the second person I would want it in is Kelvin Johnson's hands, just because of his talent level. That's that's kind of that's interesting, you know. Just because it, you know, if I would have been thinking about it, you know, at the beginning of the year, kind of you were saying, I would have thought it would have been PJ. Um. But you using the Alex Poitras kind of uh, analogy kind of just like opened my eyes a bit because I totally see what you're saying. <laughs> like I yeah. never thought about it that way. Yeah, and then Quade Green was also the other guy that I really think that's why Cal convinced him to come back when he was going to transfer in the offseason was for leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, losing him, I mean, he's a great player and he'll do great out at Washington, but losing him's really opened the door for Higgins. It's uh <coughs> You good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you still I know you're still you're still recovering, but um I it's it's very weird that those two t- have really, you know, just catapulted them, you know, themselves to the top. But I think that is really good that we have somebody because I felt like last year's squad, even though it was supposed to be Kevin Knox, there was times when we really had nobody to really turn to. And that was kind of frustrating at times. Yeah. I mean, Knox is a fantastic player, but some people are talented and just don't have that ability to lead. Um, That's why I I think Higgins has both. And, you know, you talked about having the seniors to be your, you know, your leaders and with us in the one and done era. I, I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid, and I'm all in on Cal's philosophy of I will take talent over experience every time. True. Um, well, that seems to be working for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was all that I had for you, but we have some extra time, sir. So I'm going to I'm gonna switch up the show notes a little bit that I gave you, and we're going to talk yeah. about some things. Um, you brought up, uh, and I'm also doing this kind of save us time because we know how Brian is. Um, <laughs> can't wait for him to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> um, you brought up in our group chat that we need to talk about Jalen Hurts transferring to Oklahoma, which was huge news yesterday, yesterday that kind of shook up the whole yeah. world. Nobody knew where he was going. There was rumors. I was hearing he was going to go to Miami, uh, you know, then just other schools nowhere did I hear Oklahoma out of yeah. all places what you know you obviously wanted to talk about it what what are your thoughts on that whole incident I mean 
Can Oklahoma really get their third straight transfer quarterback to come in and win the Heisman Trophy? That would be insane. That that would be absolutely insane. It makes no sense. This is not how this is supposed to work. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, it's college football free agency is basically <laughs> what it is. And uh, I, I thought the way Hurts represented himself this year by being the constant teammate and handling this whole not playing thing with class, that makes me root for him. And I would love nothing more than to watch Jalen Hurts go to Oklahoma, win the Heisman Trophy, and beat Alabama in the college football playoffs. Dude. That would be the greatest thing for me to watch ever. <laughs> like, that, and um, the meltdown that would happen in the state of Alabama would be <laughs> – I would just get my popcorn, turn on the Paul Feinbaum show, and enjoy it. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny that you said that because the moment I saw that, like, come across my phone I was like oh my gosh this is the perfect situation for Oklahoma to get the revenge and Jalen Hurts to be like yeah you wanted Tua you could have had me let's go take the championship like yeah that oh would and be there's, there's so many things that can go into this because okay what happens if they're in the playoffs and Oklahoma's like beating them easily in the first half then go on the Alabama side are you gonna bench Tua for his younger brother that's hard that's what Saban does (laughs) when things don't go right he puts in the younger quarterback like that that storyline would be amazing Uh, what if his younger brother did it too I know and his younger brother came back and won (laughs) oh that would be like older brother gonna transfer because younger brother took his starting position I mean the storylines there are awesome and where is he gonna transfer Oklahoma oh probably Oklahoma (laughs) yeah I mean that's where you go if you want to win a Heisman like I just cannot believe I I do want to I kind of wondered the optics of this like how did they recruit him to come there because technically he's coming in as a graduate so that that means he can play next year oh yeah he's and playing it's I just I was stunned uh, honestly I heard nothing about Oklahoma and then now he's a boomer sooner yeah and I know that Auburn won after him hard too to try to get him but. I really think that Oklahoma coach is just selling to these quarterbacks that he is an offensive genius and he is going to make them look amazing. I mean, he's done it with two people. I, I mean, yeah. Baker Mayfield was the – he was the number one draft pick. And then yeah. uh, Kyler Murray, which is actually, since, again, we still have a little bit of extra time, something I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, you know, he's entering the draft and immediately became the number one quarterback – uh, yeah. if I'm Jalen Hurts, heck yeah, I want to go there. You know, right? Uh, I mean, why not? Like, yeah, he has. It, it's it's a great idea, and I just pray that they meet in the playoffs. Me just too. because of the storyline, that would be fantastic. Uh, to see Nick Saban just standing on the sideline, throwing his hands up, because that's that's oh. the quarterback that he usually struggles against too is Jalen's type. So. Oh yeah. And, oh, he would break uh, so many headsets in that game. <laughs> he he just eventually have to go to just shouting because they wouldn't have yeah. any to replace it. Um <laughs> so on the note though of Kyler Murray, what is your whole thought on the situation with him? So he's already been drafted by the Oakland A's. Um yeah. and 
he had a meeting with them this week. There was some false information out there where people were saying that he was demanding 50 million a year. That wasn't what happened at all. But uh, MLB brass told the A's that they can pay him whatever he's asking um, to keep him in baseball. Because think about the news headline. If MLB can be, can say the Heisman trophy winner chose baseball over football, that would be huge for their sport. So, my my question to you is, what do you think is the right move for Kyler Murray? Oh, it should be baseball, one hundred percent. You really? You're Yo, you're a rarity yeah. to say that. No, it should absolutely be baseball. First of all, you're going to have a longer career, less injuries, and make more money. Like, I don't see any reason to go play in the NFL and take that punishment. Well, he would – I think the whole idea is the fact that even though I think he's projected to go second, late first right now as far as the draft in NFL, yeah. um, that's still uh, – I think his uh, contract with the A's is like $4 million, and I think if he gets drafted in that region the NFL, we're looking at like 5 to $8 million. So he he get more money in the startup, but – I do think I, I kind of with you. I think he's not thinking long term. No, he. I mean, he's assuming he's going to come in. Which I mean, you obviously want a guy who's got confidence in himself. But he's assuming he's going to come in and be a top five quarterback in the NFL to make that money. He yeah. could be a solid pitcher and make a ton of money in baseball. True, they, baseball just throws around money. I mean, right? Yeah, sign me up to play in the AAA or something, please. Oh yeah, well, I think the only sport that's. I mean, basketball is where it's at right now. Let me be the 13th man and make, you know, a million dollars a year. I can do that. No. no, Well, I would say if we could reverse time and go to 2016 free agency, I could be the 15th man making about 20 million a year. (laughs) And I and I know this for a fact because my Miami Heat has did the same freaking thing. But don't get me into that. So (laughs) um, so you you really are just go to baseball. Yeah. No, I don't. And I I mean. I love football. I absolutely love football. Football's already peaked. You think football is peaked? Oh, I think football's peaked. I Whoa. think you have I think you have more and more kids that aren't playing football because of head injuries and are playing other sports. And I think I think football football's obviously always going to be around. It's going to be great, but I don't think it's going to be the hands-down favorite sport in this country in 15, 20 years. I think it's already on its downward slope. Wow. Dude, you're coming with fire. Like, <laughs> I had to just write this down because when I do the show notes, I got to put that in there so people can <laughs> hear this take because, wow, that uh, that is bold. I mean, so yeah. so who would be, you know, if the, if you are right, if this is the peak of football, who replaces it? Basketball? Basketball. Hmm. Because I think all those six, six foot, the six, four, six, five super athletic guys switch over to basketball instead of football. And so I think basketball's got a another golden era coming. But do you, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but my thing is, is you think that football still would be the most popular because obviously it's a 53 man roster versus a, you know, a 13, 14, however many you can have on an NBA roster. So you're going to have more opportunities going into football. Well, 
I, I was meaning more popularity from a fan standpoint. Well, yeah. You're talking okay. about actually, uh, yeah. you know, wanting uh, to play that. Yeah. We also don't know. I mean, basketball right now, too, is trying to work on getting their own minor league system in place. So, I mean, that gives more positions there. They've got a ton of money. They could expand. And, I mean, baseball was once the most popular sport. And granted, that's still more players than basketball. But mm-hmm. that star power of basketball is pretty heavy. I, I I do agree, though, where I could see it happening because the thing that people are falling more and more in love with, if you look at social media uh, in comparison, NBA to either of the other major sports in this country, I think the NBA Instagram, obviously I don't have this pulled up right now, but I think they have uh, along the lines of like 100 million followers or something like that, something crazy, okay? Yeah. And then you look up like MLB and NFL official and they have like 9 million, 10 million like yeah. I think NBA capitalizes because it is a small sport in terms of, you know, size of sheer players. You have more of a one-on-one connection. You see these people more, you have actual stars unlike the NFL and that's marketable in today's social media day and age. Right. And I think, you know, yeah, you're going to recognize the quarterbacks, the running backs, some of the receivers. I mean, you, you could minus the, how big they are. Mm-hmm. How how many you know linemen can you point out and recognize? Oh well, only if it's your team and you love them, <laughs> right? Exactly. But I mean, you can like I mean I could. Granted, I'm an NBA fan, but I could reckon I would recognize a whole lot more NBA players than NFL players. True, true. I just think there's star power there, and you know I think you know some you know baseball will get more players. You know, hopefully soccer will because I like soccer too, but. Um, no, I just think football, man, I, I am hearing more and more from people, you know, cause I'm at the age, got a lot of friends who have kids and mm-hmm. most of them are playing other sports. Yeah. I'm that, I, I know that for a fact as well. I've, I've seen yeah. that, you know, definitely increasing, man, this is not where I thought it'd end up with, uh, <laughs> with a Michael local segment, but, uh, that is where we ended up. But uh, that is it as far as the time that we have to talk with you, sir. But you are going to be coming back later, correct? That is correct. All right. So we will have you back on to talk about uh, some NFL and a few NBA little tidbit things. So thank you for uh, joining us at the beginning, and I will be talking to you again in just a little bit, sir. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, so there you have it. That was Michael coming in hot with some of those takes. My goodness, I was not ready for that, ladies and gentlemen. That was not planned at all. Uh, so, so this is uh, going to be very interesting, to say the least. So next part of the local segment that I want to quickly dive into, but, you know, we got to give props to them always. We have NKU. Uh, they are going up against Cleveland State. Uh, this is on, well, this is tonight, but I'm sorry. I had to record this on Thursday, but this will be live. So hopefully they win fingers crossed. Um, and so hopefully that they go out tonight, uh, get a win. They are heavily favorited, uh, Cleveland States. They are five and 14. We're 14 and four. I really think that we can go out and easily take a win. We're nine point favorites. Uh, it, it should be a breeze. And then we also go again, uh, go up against Youngstown, uh, state that is on Saturday at one o'clock. Again, they're six and 13 were favorited, uh, to win by 82%. I think 
these are two games at you know now that we're coming down from Wright State that rivalry that you know the 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 craziness that was that game because it was close um i think that these are two good games to just really sort of calm down uh make sure that we're still firing away on our basics and our 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 principle uh that this team functions on and i think that we will be able to go out and get some nice wins because we do have you know more tough opponents ahead um so i i think it's it's good that we have these two what should be I say quote unquote easier matchups um but you know we still have to go out and execute this is college basketball anybody can get hot anybody can do anything so you always have to keep your head on a swivel um but I really trust Drew McDonald Sharp uh Tate I really trust these really key players on this NKU squad to go out night in and night out and put up their numbers and keep this team firing and rolling on all cylinders I mean we're 14 and 4 guys this has been a great absolute great start to the year if we take away just a few random bad losses we could easily in my opinion be only a one loss team as far as NKU and those losses that we have are not bad they hurt, but they're really, really, really good experiences that have, in my opinion, made this team better, made them wiser, um, and it made them more motivated. You, I've always said that some of the best teams lose at the right time. Uh, the 2012 uh, UK Wildcats with Anthony Davis, to me, they always lo- they lost twice okay and they lost at the exact right time they lost once in the middle of the year on a crazy Hail Mary from Indiana and then they lost in the SEC championship game both of which kept them motivated kept them hungry and that is why they ended up getting the national championship now not saying that NKU can go all the way trust me but this is a team that should be able to win the Horizon League and be able to go on to the NCAA tournament and hopefully get that very first ever tournament victory. But we'll just have to wait and see how all that goes. So now we got to talk about the Bengals, of course, with this being the local segment. And who other than do we talk to when it comes to the orange and black? That is my best friend, my brother from another mother, stop laughing man i was trying okay it's not as good it's not as good i'm sorry people i am slacking i'm sorry to all the fans i just i just i cannot come up with something great right now so welcome to the show brian goins everybody hi brian (laughs) you gotta you gotta you gotta write them a week ahead you gotta type them down (laughs) you need to have like nine backlogged and just pick one (sighs) i i need to i I no joke. Or just give me give me some like make some generic intro music and then there you go. <laughs> and when when it starts playing, people just know that. Yeah, is, yeah. You don't even have to. You don't even have to start. Like you'll say it's time to talk Bengals, and then you press a button, and then boom, here I am. That that actually is not a bad idea. So I'm We're improving the that. show as we record the show, folks. See, this is this is why you're my partner in crime. All right. <laughs> so, Bengals, dude. The, the thing that I have on our show notes to talk about first is just simply one bullet bo- uh, point that says talk coaching. A mm-hmm. lot of things has happened since we've last talked to you. It was officially announced, well, officially unofficially, that Zach Taylor is going to be our head coach. 
that is QB coach for the Rams. Uh, we really wanted Eric Benemy, um, but they decided that this is going to be the route. We've basically fired our entire coaching staff. I mean, all the people, nobody. Mike Brown is, you know, he, he got rid of one dude and now he's like, this is fun and just cleared <laughs> house. Um, I like not paying these salaries in the off season. <laughs> well, he, he, I think he's more looking at it like, wow, I love it when fans actually think that I'm doing something. So, <laughs> um, so he's basically fired everyone. What is, before we dive into, because I know we have some, com- uh, some things to talk about who we think that Zach Taylor should bring in. Um, and we got to get your view on Zach Taylor, but real quick, let's start with, what are your thoughts on all the coaches that we let go? Should, have we gone a little too crazy trying to give Zach Taylor the full, you know, staff to play with, or was this needed to really get an organizational change at the coaching level? Well, it's a weird double-edged sword right now. Um, I think immediately after Bill Lazor and Hugh Jackson were let go, I think my knee-jerk reaction, I sent it to you on a Facebook message. I said uh, that the Bengals are completely cleaning house in the coaching staff, and I'm loving it. Yes, uh, and I'm a big fan of that. I mean, I think I think it was necessary to let go of the guys that Marvin Lewis put in place, as bring in somebody who's not Marvin Lewis. Um, the the other end of the spectrum there was after Marvin Lewis had been fired. Um, there were reports that Frank Pollock was let go, the offensive line coach. But Frank Pollock wasn't let go. Frank Pollock actually let uh, left the team. Um, presumably in my eyes, presumably because the guy that brought him in is no longer the guy he's going to be working with. Um, and there's not a ton of job security. If you elect to stay there, Zach Taylor could still fire you if he didn't want you. So that being said, um, I am completely okay with, with just completely dumping and dumping and dumping. I think did we, and Lucas, you may know more than I do. Did we end up getting rid of um, Darren Simmons as well? The special teams coach? No, I think he's the okay. last survivor. Okay, okay. I mean, Darren Simmons and I like Darren Simmons as a special teams coach. He may end up, but I know he was in, a, a candidate for the Bengals head coach. So I don't entirely know um, where he stands right now in the organization. But um, as as far as my my overall impressions, I'm completely okay with the Bengals cleaning house. Will, do, will it translate to immediate success? Uh, absolutely not, and that's going to be unreasonable for us to expect that. But uh, I am okay with, with the winds of change coming after. I mean, this is the first time in, I think, 20 seasons. It was like 20 or 21 seasons that the Bengals are coming in with a completely new head coach and new coordinators. And that's something that speaks a lot of volumes to how stuck in the mud we like to stay in Cincinnati. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, real quick, I did just look up a story by the Cincy Jungle. Uh, Mike Brown said that the only two people that he wanted to keep was Darren Simmons and Frank Bullock. Okay, and, and yeah, and and Frank Pollock, uh, he ended up he ended up uh, leaving because he again, you don't really know if you're going to work inside of a system that's not the one you got hired into working. Frank Pollock is one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL, and it's a bummer to see him go. But there are a lot of big names. Um, currently out there right now that are available, and I'll touch on that later. Um, I'd rather kind of dive into the head coaching hire. Yeah, yeah, which that you, you're right. That is my next thing. You know, obviously me and you have talked about it via the DMs where we always like to chit-chat, but um, what are, are your thoughts for the audience because they've not gotten to hear it yet on Zach Taylor being the guy that the Bengals decided to go with? It's kind of a weird situation. 
Well, I do have a lot of faith in the fact that the man was a, you know, he's a, a quarterback's coach, and quarterback's coaches normally translate to being effective in the NFL. But it's it's weird because it's it's following, which is one thing. This is one thing the Bengals never do. It's following a trend in the league, where a lot of coaches are, a lot of coaches are trying to, are are. are or a lot of teams are kind of going after coaches who are wanting to bring in guys who really their their job is designed to get the most out of their quarterback while the while the the staff around them uh develops uh massive talent on the field and 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 it's the exact concept that made the Rams successful with Sean McVay. So it seems like a lot of teams are chasing after looking for the next Sean McVay. We saw it happen in in uh in, in Chicago this year, um, obviously we saw Mitch Trubisky's be- best year under Matt Nagy. Um, right now, the the, the Buccaneers are, are trying to trying to freshen up and get the most out of their quarterback by bringing in Bruce Arians, who's known for his work with quarterbacks. They're trying they're trying to focus on that position with him. Um, and obviously, the, it looks like the Giants are probably making that move as well, trying to get the most out of whoever they bring in to replace Eli Manning. So it looks like the Bengals are trying to find that kind of guy. And Zach Taylor has a lot of experience working in the passing game. Uh, he was a wide receivers coach at um in in los angeles last year and then he got promoted up to the quarterbacks coach working directly with jared goff consequentially this was jared goff's best year as a pro yet and i don't think that that was uh, a fluke so as far as trying to get the most out of an aging quarterback and andy dalton i am completely okay with zach taylor coming in and working with the bengals so my question to you this is something that i i said on uh the the podcast that when everything came out about it that i said pretty much in the nfl if you sat down and had coffee with sean mcfay you got interviewed for a head coaching position because that yeah if you, i is, mean if you that is if sean mcfay ever slipped into your dms you deserve a, you deserve uh, a head coaching position. but you know and and i laughed when you said that you know for the first time something the Bengals do not do is we're actually going with a trend now, mm-hmm. are you like me at all? Because I did run a poll, and it was about a 50-50 split on people being unsure or excited about Zach Taylor. Um, are we potentially falling into a trap where maybe half of the league is going to get burnt on trying to buy all these coaches out of the Sean McVay system? Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I think I think teams will be burnt, um, but we just don't know. We don't really know whether or not it, it's going to be, you know, a, a good majority of the teams, or whether or not Sean McVay is about to have the strongest coaching tree in the history of the NFL. We just don't. It's it's so up in the air. So it's no surprise that that everybody's kind of fifty fifty because we just don't know enough about Zach Taylor. I mean, obviously, it's a completely different position from you know being a head coach versus a quarterbacks coach. So we just don't know. Um. So great, great talks on Zach now. Obviously, since we've cleared house, he is going to be able to bring his own coaching staff in. Um, I talked a little bit on Monday's episode. There's been some rumors that he wants Ben McAdoo to be his offensive coordinator. Um, I've also seen other rumors of other people. Who do you think, um, and hopefully I'm not catching you off guard with this question because we didn't really put a lot of information but who do you think he is or should i should rather say because no one really knows who he is who he should bring in with him as he rebuilds this Bengals coaching staff well from a coaching standpoint i would like ben mcadoo to step in um my eye right now is actually on the guy who's the passing game coordinator in los angeles and that's shane waldron who was another guy we interviewed for the head coaching position 
Um, obviously, teams are thinking highly enough of Shane Waldron to be of coordinator caliber, but I don't know if anybody's making offers to him because the market right now for coordinators is through the roof with a lot of fired head coaches who are specializing in the offensive game. Um, so right now, my favorite, who I would like to see come in, step in and take over the offense would be Shane Waldron. He, he was the passing game coordinator in Los Angeles, again, working in tandem with Zach Taylor to really bring out the most in guys like Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup uh, and and Jared Goff, of course, and then utilizing guys, uh, you know, u- utilizing Todd Gurley out of the backfield, which is the perfect system to bring directly in and, and just plug it into the Bengals because we have so many passing weapons. So if we could get Zach Taylor and Shane Waldron working hand-in-hand to develop that Bengals offense, I am 100% for that, and that's who I would pick to, to uh, take over the offensive coordinator position. What about the defensive side? And what and uh, I I heard some rumors. I'm blanking on the name uh, a potential offensive line coach that we should go after and things like that. Um, I'll, I'll and I'll I'll dive into that in a second. But I will talk defensive coordinator. Um, just to just, just I really really wish that uh, Dirk Ketter was still available. Um. Dirk Ketter was the was the head coach in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and and um, I unfortunately I think he, I can't remember where he got scooped up, but I know Dirk Ketter got scooped up. He's a really good defensive candidate. Um, there's not a ton of big names right there right now out there for defensive coordinator, um, and and if they were, they got scooped up really quick by the league. So unfortunately, my knowledge base besides Dirk Ketter as far as potential defensive coordinators, it, it's pretty limited. Um, but I know it's not as rich right now as offensive coaches. Let's see. I'm trying to find. And then, and then the, uh, the offensive line situation actually. Um, so the guy I, so the first thing I, I was thinking was um, the Colts actually just fired uh, their offensive line coach who was uh, Dave, De, <laughs> Dave DeGuglielmo. That's what a come name. on now. So Dave DeGuglielmo was was fired by the uh, by the Colts and and he actually wasn't let go because of poor performance. He was let go solely because they're wanting to bring in their own guys in that system. He was hired um, by Josh McDaniels when Josh McDaniels you know swerved on the Colts uh, right before the start of the season. Um, and he t- and, and as far as uh, complete turnarounds, uh, I'd say the Colts had the best turnaround as far as offensive line talent. They had a worse offensive line than the Bengals in 2017. And then in 2018, they actually had a top 10 offensive line. So obviously the guy knows what he's doing. Um, another guy who um, who is, is kind of making the rounds as far as offensive line coach, um, Zach Taylor apparently is very interested in Bill Callahan, who uh, was actually Zach Taylor's head coach when Zach Taylor was the quarterback at Nebraska. Um, he's at Washington. He's the assistant head coach, and he's um, he's the offensive line coach in Washington. And, I mean, if they have a working history, I'm completely okay with that. Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. We're, we're all obviously waiting for the Rams to – or their season to be done because then that's when everything will start becoming official and we'll, we'll hear a lot more. Um, any other things that you want to add to the coaching before we move on? Um, right now, um, I don't know the, the, the other name that I, the other name that I thought, uh, we could have gotten a hold of was Mike Munchak who had just actually, who had left in Pittsburgh, but he ended up going to Denver. But beyond that, I mean, I'm, I, we don't know where it's going to go in the off season until, I mean, after the Super Bowl goes. So we'll just have to wait and see. Right. 
Mm-hmm. All right. That's what it's like. <laughs> so uh, on to the next question that I have. Now, this one, Brian, this is going to require a short response from you. Can you do this? Uh, we'll see. Okay. Should we make a play for Antonio Brown? Absolutely not. All right. So now on to the next question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we already have AJ Green. We have Tyler Boyd. We have John Ross. We have young talent that doesn't cost us a lot of money that overall values more to me than Antonio Brown does. That's it. I I agree with that. By the way, though, interesting place. The the rumors where he wants to go is the 49ers. What do you think Jimmy G could do with him? A lot, actually. That would be a dangerous. Jimmy G could do a lot with a little and combine him with a decent offensive line and a, and a receiver like Antonio Brown, and San Francisco is a really dangerous team next year. Yeah, they have not been relevant in many a years, actually, since Kaepernick led them to the Super Bowl. So This was the year to do it, too. And then, of course, he had the old Tom Brady. Yeah, but it's all right. Maybe he'll bounce back like Tom Brady. <laughs> that would be amazing. We hope. All right. So the next thing, and I talked uh, with uh, Michael about this, so this is going to kind of be a two-parter question. Um, But Kyler Murray, uh, to start, Brian, decided to uh, enter the NBA draft, immediately shooting him to the number one quarterback. Did I say NBA? My you bad. definitely said NBA. <laughs> now I'm going to have the show like you did last time. Remember yeah, when you exactly. just kept saying everything? I'm rubbing off on you, man. Uh, it's all right. It's all good. Um, it only took 18 years. Um, <laughs> so he decided to enter the NFL draft. Uh, he's the number one ranked quarterback, uh, obviously, coming off the Heisman. Um, he was, you know, not to bore the audience again with me explaining everything, but he's been already been drafted by the Oakland A's. Uh, he's guaranteed at least $4 million there. He's looking at the money uh, that he can get in the NFL and MLB really wants the headline. The uh, NFL loses Heisman trophy winner to baseball. Cause that would be huge for them. Um, before we talk about some other portions of the story, do you think it's the right move for Kyler Murray to go into the NFL draft or should he focus on baseball? Only if after the combine he gets projected as a first round pick. That's all. That's all I would say. If he if he is going to fall beyond the first round, I wouldn't even chance it with him. He's already got a great deal going on in in, in Oakland uh, with the A's. The A's actually um got clearance from Major League Baseball to offer him an extra $15 million per year and a spot on the 40-man roster, which is unprecedented in baseball. That does not happen for rookies. So he's got a deal that has never before seen in the MLB. So he I, unless he's getting unless he's getting top 10 money in the NFL and a chance to be one of the best, it's that's if he falls to the second round, he should stay with baseball. So Let's say, because this question kind of pertains to this, uh, let's say he is projected first, okay? And we have, Joe Mixon has been very vocal about everything going on with the Bengals right now on social media. He is letting everyone in this organization know if he's a fan or if he's not a fan, which I'm... Because he technically doesn't have a head coach to shut him down. (laughs) Well, but honestly, I'm completely okay with it because I feel like Mixon is finally that vocal leader we've been looking for. And he's super passionate. And so I'm cool with it. I, like you said, you love his transparency. You texted me that yesterday. So he said... Uh, once the news came out that Kyler Murray was going to enter the NFL draft, he said, Kyler to Cincy question mark. Um, so what, okay. Should the Bengals 
get Kyler Murray if he's available? And if we do, what use will we have for him? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think the Bengals should go after him at all. I don't think he has any long-term value as a starting quarterback in the NFL, especially behind a struggling offensive line, a new head coach, uh, and a system that may or may not work for him. I don't see a lot of value in, in taking a chance on a guy who may be a once-in-a-lifetime athlete, but so so are guys like Troy Smith, and so are guys like Vince Young. And I mean, we've heard it a million times. You can only hear so many Michael Vick stories for so long before you stop believing in them. And I just, I, I don't think the Bengals are in a place to take a chance with a draft pick. You're building a new system with a new head coach with a lot of talent, and you can get in win now mode very quickly. And I don't think Kyler Murray is the guy to do it. But if the Bengals were to draft him, I wouldn't draft him as a quarterback. What would you put him in as? I would probably put him as, as kind of a Tyreek Hill hybrid between a receiver and a and a, uh, a running back to where you can use him in all three aspects of the game. Okay. But I don't think a guy like that warrants a first-round pick. Yeah, I don't see first-round either. I know we talked about second, third, uh, but I, de- I do not see him falling that far, especially with some of these teams desperate for a good quarterback. And I think somebody would take him over, um, uh, what's his name from Ohio State? Um, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. I think I think Dwayne. Dwayne Haskins is a is a t- ten times more valuable of a prospect. I think I I can agree with that, especially by just looking at his uh, physical measurements. Yeah. Um, but I think that you know Heisman Trophy winner, the luck that Baker Mayfields have, I think that that is going to elevate him more than people are realizing. Uh, you know this this Oklahoma team, which also just got. Jalen Hurts that me and Michael talked about, which is mm-hmm. outrageous that they may have three transfers in three years, get three Heisman. I that mean, would be amazing. Uh, it, so I think that he's going to have quite a bit of hype if he does. And, and I, while I don't disagree with you, the only thing that I, I mean, I will say if there was a year for Kyler Murray to get into the NFL draft, this is year to do it because next year's uh, NFL, like the twenty nine or 2020 draft class is absolutely stacked true but very true the uh but the 2019 draft class is a little bit weak you really i really look at two guys that i take seriously as potential um as potential uh nfl quarterbacks and that would be dwayne haskins and uh, daniel jones from from duke Mm -hmm. that's it that's that's all i could say um, I, and, and right now, Kyler Murray being a five foot nine freak athlete, um, while he does have the arm strength to make it in the league, I just don't think he can make, I, I don't think he's the kind of guy who could be a five, nine quarterback and be successful in the league. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you have it. Brian says Kyler to Cincy. He answered back Joe Mixon's questions with a big no, go mm-hmm. away. Get out mm-hmm. of here. Instead, we want the LSU running back, but we'll talk about that come draft time. Okay. Um, so real quick before we dive into our next Bengals question, since I did mention it and I let, uh, um, Michael talk about it. What were your thoughts on the whole thing with Jalen hurts, uh, choosing Oklahoma, which nobody had in the picture. People thought it was going to be Miami, uh, some other uh, Auburn, but instead he chose Oklahoma. Yeah, I was kind of banking either between Miami and Maryland. Um, and the reason Maryland was interesting is because Maryland runs a very option-based system, which showcases his athletic ability. But um, I almost want to say it's it's Jalen Hurts trying to say, yeah, I can be a passing quarterback. Um, 
And, and I mean, obviously you, you can't shy away from the success that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray have had. I think that was a smart move by, by uh, Jalen Hurts. And think about the fact that he's just going to be running a rough shot over the Big 12 defense all year because the Big 12 doesn't play defense. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts, <laughs> at least in the top two, top three, top two of the Heisman run. I mean, well, I would. And that's, the, that's something that me and, you know, Michael talked about and that I just said, you know, they, or Michael mentioned it, like they could have three Heisman winners in three straight years, all transfers to their school. Like, that's just insane. That's unprecedented. That's like, unprecedented. That recruiting there. <laughs> like, it's is weird. Scary it's, good. it's like, it's like uh, if you don't make it in Alabama, I'll just come to Oklahoma and win the Heisman. <laughs> well, and then, and then we were like, could you imagine the national championship coming down to, to Jalen Hurts versus. To attack a Viloa. Yeah. That would be amazing. Well, Michael already placed the bet, though, that here's what's going to happen, okay? And you, you can s- tell me if you agree or disagree. Uh, he's either going to destroy them, and we're going to have a plus minus on how many headsets that uh, Nick Saban breaks, um, or we are going to see uh, Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma go up big early and then – Tua struggle, and so Saban's going to take out Tua for his younger brother, and his younger <laughs> brother's going to lead the comeback and win the national championship. I like, I like the second take, but I think the first one's more realistic. And my over my over under is like four headsets for Nick Saban next year. I mean, I I said all of them. I, I said he's going to come Every down to headset. a point where he's just going to be shouting you know, to them, the play, because there's going to be no shout, He did shout into the press box, <laughs> waving his arms up and down like a fool. Uh, but yeah, my, Michael came up with that, uh, that last, that second one. I <laughs> love that. I love that. I love that layout. That's great. <laughs> uh, who knows? All right. Back to local segments. Sorry guys. Yeah. Um, so I was reading an article by ESPN about the top, uh, free agent for every team or the toughest free agent decisions for every team in the NFL. And when I was scrolling along and I came to the Bengals, this is what they said. And it, it's something that, you know, it, it's true about the Bengals and it, and it kind of hurts my heart because of everything that's happened to this player um, and, and things going forward. But the, the ultimate question that I want to give to you, Brian, because you are the Bengals insider, the expert, should we keep Tyler Eifert? I, I know he's given a lot to this team and he means so much to this city, but physically as an asset to this team, the money, everything like that, should we keep him this offseason? We had this exact same conversation last year. My answer was absolutely because the money will be right and no other team's going to go after him. Mm-hmm. My answer this year is exactly the same is that no other team is going to try and drop money on him. We have the money for him and he doesn't he's not going to be commanding. He was a he was a 4.6 million dollar cap hit after incentives and he didn't meet those incentives. So we're talking about maybe a 1 million dollar cap hit for a guy who may or may not get hurt, but if you take that chance and drop that 5 million dollars, he's going to be the best tight end in the NFL, not named Travis Kelsey. So I think I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's a tough decision at all. I think you do re-sign Tyler Eifert. You give him the same incentives-laden contract, and if that's the way he has to play the rest of his career, I'm okay with it because 
you're really you're protecting yourselves if you're the Bengals, and you're giving Tyler Eifert an opportunity to prove himself to be one of the best in the league. And I think he still is, even though he keeps getting injured. He he's a threat. He's always been a threat, and he'll always be a threat until he can't walk anymore. So I'm 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 going with absolutely with with uh, as far as resigning Tyler Eifert. I don't think any team's going to take a chance on him. So I agree with you. Okay, and and the, it's also an emotional thing because I love what this man has given up and done and continues to fight back uh, and he wants to be a part of this. So I love Tyler Eifert and everything that he stands for. He's a great player, but to play some devil's advocate, what about if we're concerned about spending the money on him that could be potentially spent elsewhere on maybe a younger, uh, more fresh tight end, or be it something else that we need to work on. What, you know, what concern should we have that he may come back and be kind of like Gronk? If, if people are re- finally realizing Gronk is a shell of himself after all these injuries. And this is honestly probably going to be his last year in the NFL just because of all the issues that he had. What if, you know, we do make this investment, lose out on maybe something that could be another addition to the team that could be needed uh, going after him? What, what would you say, you know, against that, you know, that fear of what are we going to get out of him? Well, you still have a guy in Tyler Croft that you or not Tyler Croft, CJ Zama that has proved himself as a viable receiving target at the tight end position. That is a good backup. And you also there's always tight ends in the draft. There's always a good tight end in the NFL draft. And the Bengals historically have been good at finding um a, a good tight end in the draft. And I think you you play both sides of that field expecting one or the other to happen. Um, if you, t- if you take that chance on having Tyler Eifert on the field and he happens to thrive for at least 13 games in the season, then I think you absolutely get your money's worth out of him. If not that, then you have, you have talent behind him to make up for the loss that you have on the field talent that can still be utilized as a viable threat in the passing game. And I think the more CJ Uzama gets his opportunities, the more he'll make of them. And I think we can absolutely draft somebody to be that third tight end who is, you know, more of your receiving guy, not necessarily a blocking threat. Um, I think that's that's probably the smart way to go from a depth pers- uh, perspective and to get the most that you can out of the tight end position. It's a heartbreaker to think that Tyler Reifert doesn't have too much, you know, maybe has one more season in him before his chances have all run out. But I'm willing to take that chance because I think he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm there with you. I love how he's working, you know, towards it. He always is posting on social media, you know, his effort. Um, and he's, you, you know, he's definitely an emotional leader of that team for sure. Um, he he has dedication, hard work, and hopefully, you know, we are able to sign him for, like you said, if, if it's there, we, we do it. And hopefully he takes off again next year and no fluke because he did his part this year. You know, he he did not have his back problems and things like that. Um, but sadly, he, he just one of those dumb roll up tackles where you get folded up and, you know, and it was it, that's the worst part him. about it. The worst part about it was that it wasn't even a, a back injury. His back is fine. It was a, it was a, it was a freak accident. I mean, that's a that's the best way you can describe it is it was a freak accident. And it's just a man with bad luck at that point. Yeah. So. Uh, anything else, sir, before we, we end the local segment and then I rejoin with both you and Michael, any last thing Bengals wise or even reds or anything like that? No, I think, uh, I think I've touched on everything I want to touch on Bengals wise. So, uh, yeah, excited to get this uh, talk going with you and Mike. 
All right. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, has, has anybody ever heard Brian be so concise and so uh, short with his descriptions? I, I, I'm concerned <laughs> we need to find out if this is the real Brian. I'm going to have to do some uh, double checking when I get off and before we rejoin on this break. I am concerned. Are you uh, just going to be listing like new concerns you have every week so you can try and like are you going to try and call Roger Goddard to give me a quote unquote random drug test? <laughs> Look, okay, even the NFL Players Association came out and said that it was a random drug testing, which that actually says a lot, but we yeah, all know we we all know that it wasn't random. Um <laughs> I did not know random meant drawing a name out of a bucket of the same name. So, um, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> not not to get into anything like that. So this is uh, going to conclude the local segment. Again, the local segment is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and enter code Double Technical to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Thank you for another four people using the discount code. Uh, it helps us out a lot and, uh, you know, keep using it. Save $20. Why not? Helps us, helps you seek geek. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going, uh, going to rejoin with my best friend, Brian and our former boss, Michael McCarty, uh, just give us, uh, what's going to be to y'all about 15 seconds, but maybe a few minutes for us, but we'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. Again, this is your host, Lucas Fryman, but I am joined by two great fellows that also just love to make my life a living beep. Uh, that is Michael McCarty and Brian Goins. Thank I you both believe, for being I can't on. believe you just said the word beep. That was... <laughs> Well, I could say you're really trying to keep that explicit thing off, huh? I can say yeah, hell. no e next to this um, podcast. <laughs> I could say, <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about. I could say hell, okay, but I just didn't want to, and then now here you guys are just go. <laughs> no e next to this podcast. <laughs> this this is just more proof as to what I'm talking about. Everybody, is- uh, just please mourn for me as things I, have as things I, have really gotten <laughs> off to a great start so what i wanted to start off with real quick is some nba quick hitters since we don't get to talk about the nba too much because of the nfl and college basketball and stuff like that but actually before i thought of that i just wanted to uh go ahead and be a punching bag and leave the floor to you two and um, Michael has the lead as far as all of our picks. He's only been wrong in, I believe, three of the games. Uh, Brian's second, uh, both of you with winning records, and then there's me who's like four or five games under 500. So uh, y'all are more than welcome to beat me up real quick on my prior picks. Yeah, uh, for, well, the, I actually I don't even want to beat up Lucas right now. I kind of want to beat up Michael. Michael, how well, do you claim to not know anything about the NFL but then, like, your Magic Mike with your picks here. How does that happen? I'm good at gambling. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I don't know. I've got, I mean, I know a lot of, like, the college football ones I did well on because I know a lot about college football. I just well, haven't yeah. watched a lot of NFL. I mean, I'm assuming some things haven't changed. Don't bet against Tom Brady. It's been that way for 10 years. Well, yeah, I guess you can use antiquated tactics to, 
to, to bet for so many years until Tom Brady's 55. And then that's when Mike's going to fall off the, fall off the cliff is 10 years from now. Right. When yeah, Tom Brady's no. still trying to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> just, just wait till we get to our picks. Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, <laughs> All right. gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm actually surprised I avoided being the punching bag. Okay. Um, I feel like my record speaks for itself. There's nothing else I really need to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Michael. Okay. You are dominating. You've only gotten two games wrong, I think. Uh, yeah. Don't rub it in. Okay. So. Lucas, how many did you get wrong? Uh, A lot. <laughs> It's easy, it's easy. It's quicker to talk about how many he's gotten right. Yeah. It, so much time. Exactly. Very true. I actually remember with the college football one, y'all had eight games and I had nine because I was so wrong. So um, just remember that. Um, yeah. That's well. But I was at least right on that ninth one and you guys weren't. So ha. Yeah. But you also picked Notre Dame to beat the national champion. Okay. Anyways, on to the NBA. Um, so it is. We're pretty still early in the season, but we're almost to the all-star break, which is coming up in February, uh, which by the way, uh, in case you guys didn't know, they are going to televise the all-star draft, which that is going to be awesome to watch. Uh, can't wait for people's feelings to be hurt. Um, so I wanted to find out everybody's very, very early MVP picks. Now that we are, you know, through a good portion, we we know what teams are. We know what certain teams need and things like that. So, Michael, I want to give you the floor first. Who is your MVP pick in the NBA currently? I'm going with the Greek Freak. And what's his name? I'll let you say it. Giannis Antetokounmpo? <laughs> that one. He's my pick. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, man, he's fun to watch. Um, I find myself... You know, when I look at the list of games and everything, I who would have ever thought I would look forward to watching Milwaukee games? That's a really good but point. But, like, I find myself looking for those games so I can watch him play. He I'm pretty sure the city of Milwaukee basketball. doesn't look forward to Milwaukee games. No, that's valid also. <laughs> they but, do uh, now, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think he's great. And I think the reason he's my pick is he does so much more than just score. He changes the game on both sides of the ball and in every aspect. I, I think he's phenomenal. I think Michael's also just happy to be seeing Eric Bledsoe as well. Um, well, that helps. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Giannis Antetokounmpo for Michael. Brian, who is your NBA MVP so far through the season? So I want to check myself first. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, Lucas, I told you that I didn't I didn't really buy the Giannis Antetokounmpo hype, mm -hmm. uh, and I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. So I would definitely cold take myself on that one. Um, that's good. <laughs> and and that's part of the reason why I think he's going to run away with the MVP this year. And I say run away for run re one reason because there's a lot of names in the hat right now. There's like you know probably eight guys who could be considered, but as far as turning an entire team around, especially one team that was super middle of the road. Maybe up, maybe like upper middle tier of the East last year in Milwaukee. Uh, it's pretty amazing to see one guy almost single handedly turn it around. And I'll and I, I'll kind of so that we don't all give the same exact take on why we think Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to win the MVP. Uh, I'll tell you why James Harden's not going to win the MVP, and that's six steals a game. Uh, or sorry, six turnovers a game. Mm -hmm. um, James Harden's been super care, uh, careless with the ball while he's scoring a lot of points. He's not doing it at a high clip as far as his percentage. Um, 
And I, I think um, you can only, you know, score 50 points a game so many times. Coincidentally, he's done 40, 14 times this season. And while that's amazing, I still don't think that's enough to garner him an MVP when we're talking about a team like Milwaukee only having 12 losses this far into the season. I think there's a legitimate argument that James Harden's a great scorer, but he does he really make his team that much better? Yeah, and that's, that's almost the Russell Westbrook argument, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the man got 52 points in a game uh, three or four nights ago while going one for 17 from the three-point line. I mean, That's horrible. <laughs> that that cannot be good for the team. Um, and he travels on every step back he takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real quick before I talk about my MVP pick, uh, did you guys see that uh, Steph Curry did the exact same step back in a game that James Harden does and they called a travel? Yeah, and he held up a 13 after. <laughs> like, he said you call you don't call it on him why do you call it on me like, oh, that's fantastic it was disgusting like how? he did it last night he did it last night against the nets they, they highlighted it on sports center and i was sitting there watching he got done he did this two little stutter steps he does after he crosses through the three-point line it's horrible yeah it's, let, he, let's talk late. about that about how you said not mvp candidate he had 58 points last night and a loss to the nets yeah yeah seriously so that's that's my take on that is i, I it, it most assuredly will like he'll fall off the map as far as an MVP candidate if that keeps happening. All right. So you guys both with went with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I'm gonna keep saying since I know his name so well and it shocked both of you. Um <laughs> but so here's my thing. I'm gonna tell you some of the people who are not going to be the MVP. Uh James Harden, exactly for what both of you alluded to. Russell Westbrook, he's uh, just a stat stuffer. The world has seen that now. That's why he's not going to be it. Uh, he's James Harden without a beard. Exactly. <laughs> um, and a little bit more feisty uh, because that is the one man in the world I do not want to fight against. Um, and then I'll talk about my cold take. I said Jason Tatum was going to be the MVP as a very bold take at the beginning of this year. Brian called me ludicrous, uh, and that was – completely accurate um so in so, the words of ludicrous get back you don't know me like that yeah so i <laughs> i was wrong about that um you know i don't think that Kyrie or Kawhi or any you know one of them and i don't think it's going to be Giannis. um oh. i think that the mvp this year is none other than the king himself, LeBron James. Oh, God. This is because <sighs> when the Lakers team loses to not only the Cavs, but also to the Clippers, they blow leads in both of those games. That's how you know that that man is the most valuable player on this earth. He goes to the team, and you become a playoff contender. You become a championship contender, and he is going to turn this team around when he finally comes back from this groin injury, even though I think he's prolonging it because he's enjoying some time off for once um he is going to just swoop in change this organization and next thing we know it is going to be king james versus golden state warriors in the nba western conference finals and he is going to try to dethrone them and then take on whoever's coming out of the east so we are seeing that lebron james as always as he should have been voted for the past three years is the most valuable player in the nba better than any other person in the history to ever wear the number 23 lebron james is my pick for the mvp lucas we're not squaring off on this debate right now but i'm just man 
So I don't know if, if people are up to speed. I just want them to understand that Lucas is the biggest LeBron James stand of all time. And and don't get me wrong. I'm a Lakers fan. But wasn't it you, Lucas, when I told you that LeBron James was going to turn the Lakers franchise around and get them into maybe a three seed that you said it was the most ridiculous take you'd ever heard and that they were going to be an eight seed? How yeah, because they're the they're tables young. turn. <laughs> but how the tables turn there there's there's some you know things he's going to come back rejuvenated now this time off has been great for him he's he's just going to come back and he's going to drop probably like 38 40 a game so he's probably going to show up to every game with a glass of wine because i just don't think he cares (laughs) he doesn't have to because no matter what he'll get his team there that is how he's Uh, that valuable he will accept the mvp trophy with a glass of wine in his hand uh, whatever you say man I think he's got a wine problem, and I think that's why he won't win. <laughs> and Jordan had a gambling problem, so well, there you go. Everybody's got their vices, <laughs> and no, I'm surprised no comments from Michael. Any, any? Comments? I mean, he's he's the best player in the league. It's hands down, he's the best player in the league. But like with a bunch of those other names, I feel like there's uh, especially for the MVP vote, there's a fatigue. The same reason that I don't think they'll give it to Curry, Harden. You know, they're, they're tired of those people. I think that's why somebody new is going to get it. Yeah. That's why I'm excited to see Giannis get it, to be honest yeah. with you, if he wins it. I mean, you guys aren't wrong in that. You know, obviously, I, I wanted to pick LeBron just to, you know. Just because you're the biggest LeBron stand that's ever lived. Yes, but. Um, you I know, almost got you a fat head of LeBron for, for Christmas, Lucas. Oh, my gosh. Well, here's the thing. I, and I'm just going to leave it at this. And, you know, we can readjourn together and talk about this. But the reason why I'm such a big fan is because I want him to be the best 23 of all time. But I'll just leave it at that. And I mean, the longer I, I think it, I think it'll go down as that eventually. But I think the longer that he sits as eighth in the MVP race right now, that he won't. So did did I hear you say Kyrie is part of the group that has the potential to be MVP? You you heard right. Yes. Okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, it's because he came out yesterday and admitted that he called and apologized to King James about being for a child that alone. and for leaving. That alone. And so I think that, you know, him growing up, he is, this was also kind of a shot at all of his younger teammates being like, Hey, bow down to me. I've been here before. I, I, I learned that by bowing down to LeBron. Like I, like everyone should, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> that's yeah, fine, man. Yeah, I, I have two but, takes but, on that, though. <laughs> you you just said right there that he is he called LeBron to apologize for leaving, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, that was his way of admitting he's not good enough to carry a team on his own, and he needs <laughs> LeBron to do it. Yeah. Do you know where the Celtics are? Their Celtics are fifth right now, Lucas. Yes, I know. I know. Well, they're, they're they're that could also be explained too. He's having a little trouble playing basketball right now because <laughs> himself the ball is uh, flat. He, so it's really affecting the game. He but just once he realizes the ball's round again, I think he'll get better. He just <laughs> beat, he just beat Toronto by himself, pretty much. I mean, he went insane. Against it's fine. There's, 80, there's 82 games in a basketball season, Lucas. They're still fifth in the East. I know, but they're gonna bounce back. They're Do you still know who's first pick. in the East? Uh, the Toronto Raptors. Um, and, Do you know who's second? Uh, Milwaukee, I believe. Exactly. That's um, that's the end of discussion. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> deserves to be in talks over Kyrie Irving. I agree with that. I, I thought about saying Kawhi, but, you know, I thought not saying it, being quiet like him, would also be saying it. 
you know, or do we? I'm just gonna have to sound clip his laugh, and that's all I, I'm gonna I, honestly, say. Honestly, I think I think on merit of his laugh alone, he should be second above James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see? Was it Milwaukee that played his laugh over yes, the top of a yes. turnover? Yes. Any anytime he no anytime he missed the shot, they played it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's I love that. That I is the that. one thing that I love about NBA, man. They nobody is chill like yeah even, not even the sound tech is not even the not even the guys saying lebron james gonna win the mvp somehow i mean y'all just mad that i'm right um anyways All right. i'm just kidding i mean it's it's probably what's your gonna... playoff record right now lucas <laughs> <laughs> about to be perfect okay anyways it's probably going to be Giannis as long as he doesn't fall off but i just i just you know i had to be the lebron stan as brian says so yeah um, on to the NFL, the thing that, you know, Michael knows so much more than we do about, um, and the, the thing that he just apparently is so great at betting at, I mean, if I hope people, if you were using any money for entertainment purposes only, uh, on those games that Michael pick, you have been a happy camper. Um, if you did mine, um, I'm hiding from you. Uh, so we are going to talk about the NFL Conference Championship games that are coming Sunday. Uh, we have Sunday afternoon, evening-ish. I don't know what you want to call it, but we have the Rams versus the Saints. Uh, previous matchup, obviously. Um, Rams lost this to Saints the last time they played. The Saints uh, got the W that ended Rams' 8-0 streak to start the season. Uh, Brian... You were the ones that loved the Rams from the get-go this season. Uh, so I want your breakdown and your pick as to who do you think comes out with the victory in this matchup. Yeah, um, X-Factor in this game I think is going to be Jared Goff's passing efficiency, which I think he uh, I think he can capitalize on. Um, the Rams' defense is, is really scary. Um, and I'll, I'll still say, I still think Aaron Donald is the all-around best football player in uh, in the playoffs right now. Um, and we know that about the Rams defense, the Rams defense scared. The Saints defense is great. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. It's all going to come down to how well can Jared Goff and Todd Gurley make that offense play. I think they, I think they'll step up because I think Sean McVay wants to prove himself as a head coach. I am taking the Rams and I'm going to take the over here. I say they're going to win 35, 31 against the Saints. Holy cow. Uh, that I was not ready for that in the Superdome. You really think in the Superdome? In the Superdome, I fully believe. Because here's the thing: they're not going to have to worry about playing in cold weather. So, oh, okay. And man, he was quick, Michael. What do we do with all this time? <laughs> um, yeah, leave it to me to talk about the NFL. That'll that'll fill it up. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry that I didn't plan this. You had a chance to say that that was a bad idea. Anyways, so Michael, what is uh, your thoughts and pick for the Rams versus the Saints? Well, I like the Rams running game, and I think that's going to be hard for the Saints to slow down. But at the end of the day, I'm taking Drew Brees over Jared Goff every day of the week. And I just maybe I think this is 10 years ago. But I have the Saints win in pretty easily, forty-two twenty-eight. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that hurts Ooh. me. Ooh, that All hurts right. me. So uh, my pick, the one that everyone's yearning for, um, the one that 
definitely is going to be the right pick because it's always the right pick. Lucas, if you pick the um, Rams, I'm going to change my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, here's the thing. I'm picking a tie. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, God. So here's the thing. The Rams, they, they've been the best team all, all along, and I think that the Saints – when they they beat them earlier this year, I think they just you know they were already on a streak. They were kind of tired, and when you're trying to keep up those win streaks, you tend uh, to get everyone's best effort, and you're struggling yourself. I mean, we know that always happens in sports, and I think that the Rams, especially with that run game that they had um, against uh, why am I blinking the Cowboys, uh, C.J. Anderson. I mean, that big boy can move. Um, and you know, him and Todd Gurley having that rushing attack versus the Saints defense that I don't think is going to be able to stop them well enough. Um, that's going to get Jared Goff the ability to run the play action, um, that they, they need to, for him to be effective. Cause he, he does not, we, we saw with a four interception game earlier this year when he has to just pass and there's no, or there's, there's no chance of a, a switch up, you know, then he can't make those plays. But if the running game's effective and they're they the defense is guessing, then he is really prolific and done a great job under Sean McVay and Zach Taylor, the future Bengals head coach. So with all that being said, obviously I'm going with Drew Brees. Um because the Saints are the Saints. Drew Brees, he is he's just he's been through it all. Nobody can stop Thomas. Uh, Kamara and Ingram are going to have a great game. I don't think that the Rams defense is able to do what they did to Zeke uh, and the Cowboys. And I think because this is in the Superdome, because of everything going on um, that, you know, I mean, Sean Payton went out and got $250,000 in ones and a Super Bowl trophy uh, lookalike and put it in the locker room. Okay. They are going to win this game. I have them winning 28 to 17 well here's my here's my counteract here sean payton uh sean payton doing this whole show about what you do when you win the lombardi trophy uh they almost got smacked in the mouth by a backup quarterback led eagles yeah but that was shell of nick who were a shell of the team who were the shell of the team that they were last year i think they're looking too far ahead of the super bowl man i think that's gonna be i I don't i don't believe I, i don't know how trustworthy sean payton can be um, time in and time out as a playoffs coach. Um, I know he's won a Super Bowl, but I, I don't think I don't I don't know I don't know how much I trust him as as a coach like in that position. No compliment on the the changing of the pick, sir. <laughs> uh, because you've done that three times. <laughs> it's uh, predictable no. now. Yeah, okay. I know it's coming now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, Michael, I'm sorry. This means that you get another loss. Um, so we are on to the next game, which is the Patriots versus the Chiefs. This is the Sunday night game. Um, and Michael, you're the NFL expert about everything Patriots and Chiefs. So obviously, we need you to break down this game. Uh, what are your thoughts, and what are your is your pick for this matchup? Wow, where to start with this game? There's so much about it I could talk about. Um, <laughs> I, well, uh, no, the, the first time these two played, they had a uh, a bit, you know, shootout, forty-three to forty, that the Patriots won on. You know, the stat that jumps out to me is the Patriots are eight zero against quarterbacks with one or less playoff wins since two thousand and one. Wow, That's why did I wins. go against Brady? 
I, I think I think the difference is is Brady's going to nickel and dime the game and throw short passes while you know Mahomes is going to go for the home run, and I think that's going to make the difference with turnovers. Um, I, I just and I think Belichick's going to come up with ways to give the Chiefs all kinds of problems, and I do not think they will be able to handle it. And I think the Patriots are going to win a close one, 35-31. All right, Brian, what what is uh, your rebuttal? So this might be a bit of a longer take, but not too crazy. Um, oh, this so, is the game, of course, that he would go along on. No, 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 no. I, 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 honestly, all it is is I, I, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a, a long, successful career in the NFL. Um, he, he, is, he has definitely showcased himself as a, as a once-in-a-generation talent. Um, he'll be at one point the league MVP, I believe. Uh, I think he's got that much talent, and I think he's got a, a sustainable career in the league. However, you cannot commit all this circus nonsense against the playoff Patriots and against Bill Belichick's constantly changing defensive schemes. This is an important thing to note about Bill, Bill Belichick and his defense. When it comes to playoff time, Bill Belichick doesn't develop his scheme around an offense. He builds a new scheme around every offense. He's the smartest defensive mind in football right now, and he has been for a very long time. And I haven't even talked about Tom Brady. And I'm... Uh, when it comes down to, to crunch time, it's going to be Brady. And I think it's going to come down to crunch time. And I just don't think Mahomes will be able to pull it out. Uh, I think, I think, I mean, I've bet against Tom Brady more times than I can admit in my lifetime. And I just can't do it this time. And I think the Patriots, I hope to God I'm wrong. Cause I'm tired of seeing the Patriots win, but I'm going Patriots 31, 21. All right. Let, let's talk about this. Okay. So, Obviously, I'm always right with my picks. So, you know, when you're talking about the Patriots versus the Chiefs, you know, the Patriots, they're, they're just a great team. They, they came back. They had that weak rest. They're, a, you know, a two-headed monster that never seems to be, you know, taken down unless you're the Giants or you're running a Philly special. Um, and, you know, you have Tom Brady, the greatest – football player of all time and of course a Michigan alum to no surprise um and you know Belichick in the system just always knows what to do coming down the stretch the Patriots are a great team and you know Tom Brady looked really good against the Chargers the fact that they got the running game going with Michelle uh is just huge I mean anytime you can take a little bit of the burden even though it doesn't affect Brady off of him that just makes him even better and the defense even better as they're getting more and more rest um and so you know Belichick and even though this is in Arrowhead Stadium um and this is the cold weather but both teams are used to this cold weather so obviously I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs right no, I'm picking the Patriots because I'm not making that mistake <laughs> twice. So <laughs> I was waiting for you to do it too. <laughs> no, uh, even though I love uh, Patrick McCall of Fame, um, I just don't. I it, it's Andy Reid. Okay, Andy Reid is mm. what's going to always keep me from saying yes. This is the team that's going to do it. He. he Yes, he had an amazing game, and that defense stepped up against the Colts, and, and Patrick Mahomes looked really great. But at the end of the day, it's Tom Brady, it's Bill Belichick, but even more importantly, it's Andy Reid. 
Mm-hmm. Can I can I talk about real quick how much of an idiot I was for picking the Colts after I went back and looked at it? <laughs> yeah, we like all, all of the us. Colts. I just, no, I just, I, yeah, I just want to, I just want to, I thought I was like, oh man, the Colts are the hot team in the NFL. And then I went back and looked, they had the weakest strength of schedule the last eight games in the season. What was I doing? Well, here's what we were doing. The team, we always forget that teams who are hot going into the playoffs we think that they're going to be the ones that make the upset but time and time again statistically it's proven that one week by changes everything and i also don't want to talk about the i don't even want to talk about the chargers that was just philip rivers at his finest is what that was yeah that was a, that was a nightmare but. that was devastating but yeah. guess what michael got that one right yeah we all we all dove after the patriots it's really hard to pick against them i mean they're history I kind of feel like this I feel like this uh, season's going to end as like a uh, passing of the torch of like the big quarterback era we had with Breeze and Manning um, and Brady and all that. I think they're I think they're going to have one final big shootout in the Super Bowl between Breeze and Brady, and then it's going to be you know time to welcome the new crowd. See, that I, would that I would be awesome. Agree with that, Michael. I completely that, agree with that. That would be awesome, but it would be way more awesome to see Jared Goff beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. No, no. Uh, that would that would be odd. I would love to watch that. To be honest with you, I know he's a Michigan alum, but I, I just want to say, uh, I don't. I I just like to see the Rams win the Super Bowl this year. I feel like the number one Google search on the Monday after the Super Bowl would be who is Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it's a good take. That's that's it's a good take. That's awesome. It's <laughs> a good take. Um, I also wanted to bring this point up. Um. Did you guys? What are your guys's over under uh, as far as uh, the chances that two years from now Urban Meyer takes the coaching job at USC? Uh, well, mm. if if anybody's listened to the podcast, they know your stance on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to know where you guys are on that. I think he's done. But <laughs> oh, Ur- Urban Meyer, and I think I, I've said this before on this podcast, Urban Meyer retires as often as professional wrestlers do. He's definitely <laughs> coming back. Yeah, I think it's going to be the USC uh, job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the USC one's interesting. Um, he's That's... definitely coming back, though. <laughs> I just wanted to say that because I annoyed, I annoyed the crap out of Lucas with it uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, who knows? I just want everybody to know that you heard it here first, so when they break the news, they have to credit us. Okay. There you go. We'll, we'll make yeah. sure that happens. Yeah. So we've actually gone through everything really quickly, guys. I'm so proud of us. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to bring up something that Michael said while we were talking for Brian to give his take on. So, Brian, Michael said so boldly that he believes that the NFL has peaked in popularity and that they are about to go on the downward slide. Do you agree, disagree, or what is your feelings about that statement? It's a fair assessment. Um, I can definitely see the – I can definitely see where – like. You got to think about all of the names that we that we were watching in the 2000s. You're talking about, I mean, Drew Brees was a face of the league. Tom Brady was a face of the league. Peyton Manning. You're talking about, I mean, earlier than that, you had Deion Sanders. You had guys like Chad Johnson, Terrell Owen. I mean, time in and time out, you had these personalities. I don't think we're necessarily looking at that many personalities now. So I think that that is possible. That that's 
possibly a huge reason why the league might start waning in popularity. It's really hard to 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 predict because football's been such a mainstay in American culture for I mean years. But um I, I that's a valid thought. I don't know I don't know if I agree with it fully, but I I can definitely see it happening. Michael, care to elaborate any more on yeah, what no, you said? Yeah, no, I mean I just I just think with everything, the political side of things, the domestic violence side of things, the head injuries, I just feel like it's got a lot stacked up against itself right now. That's fair. I mean, and you're, and it's it's weird because it seems like out of any other organization where things like that happen, like the crimes and the and the and and domestic violence, all that stuff, all the players getting arrested and whatnot. It seems like time and time again, like the the NFL can just like sidestep it, like it's dodging a, a like it's playing dodgeball with the media. I don't know how that happens, but but uh, I, I feel like that that can't last forever, and it used right. to be worse. Yeah, and I, and I think that I, I think that's very a good point with the whole media thing because I think it was so popular, it was invulnerable. They were able to just ignore the stuff they didn't want to talk about. And I think we're already to a point they can't ignore that. And now they have to talk about it. And that just hurts them. We but live in too woke of a time now. <laughs> that's an interesting. That's an interesting take there, Lucas. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, we live in a more woke society. So that's why they're going to, you know, they can't hide from that stuff because people are going to find that information. They're going to call them out on it and they're going to have to answer for it. And, you know, the NFL is as far as PR goes, is the worst that I've ever seen as far as professional sports. I mean, the NBA is the, the place that you look up to. My, my devil's advocate take on that is if you look at right now, Tyree kills one of the most popular players in the league. He went through a domestic violence case. Joe Mixon is one of the face of the Cincinnati Bengals. He went through a domestic violence case. Ruben Foster is about to get roster time with the Redskins. He went through a domestic violence case. Um, it, it's and again, it, it just seems like they're sidestepping it again and again and again. That's my only the only thing is it seems like they're still avoiding these problems and people aren't necessarily grave digging them. So it's really hard to imagine. I mean, you never know nowadays. All of the all of the Me Too movement and stuff like came out of nowhere. So you never know who's going to necessarily get, you know. But see, are they actually sidestepping it? Because you pointed out these guys that are the faces of their organizations. Are they sidestepping it? I mean, granted, the Bengals had a bunch of issues this year, but they also had horrendous attendance issues. Absolutely. So but are the, they sidestepping it, or are they losing fans and just not realizing it? Maybe, but all, but also the Chiefs are currently in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and that's Kiel, and, and I mean, I know they, they, dumped, they dumped Kareem Hunt um, and that whole situation going on, um, but they, I mean, obviously, I guess they had – video evidence of that but what happens if the Bengals make the playoffs what happens if the Bengals go i don't know what if they go 12 and 4 next year and they're one of the better teams in the league i'm not saying it's going to happen but if that happens what what happens to guys like joe mixon i mean does this stuff it's get brought be, up yeah it's going to be brought back up and yeah. the video of him punching that woman in the bar is going to resurface yeah yeah, yeah. right i'm just i'm, I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't happened that like the story hasn't been brought up on tyree kill because he had to go through a whole domestic violence course I mean, well, it, the one of the arguments you had earlier when we were talking about it, Lucas was the amount of players that are on an NFL roster mm-hmm. and how that's going to cause that to be a popular sport for people to play because they see more roster spots available on a you know NFL roster to make money. Uh-huh. But I think for the public persona of the NFL, that hurts them because you have that many more people with social media accounts saying and doing whatever they want to 
at all times that just gives you more bad press. True. I will say this. This is kind of another another kind of a, a, a sidebar, but a, a bridge onto it. Um, the attendance in the NFL this year was dreadful overall. And yeah. I think part of that was the, I mean, a lot of people, one of the takes that I heard was like, you can't compare the experience of, of watching it on TV, which was amazing to me because like TV obviously brought the NFL to where it was today, but it also seems like it's starting to tear apart the money it's making from ticket sales. Well, two things, two things to that point. Um, one, first off, I think we can all agree that, you know, with how we talk about, you know, these issues are going to be brought up with these players that have had a history. We don't, I don't think any one of us have a problem with that because, you know, you did something wrong. You should always have to answer for it. You should always have to, you know, own up to it, which I, yeah. you know, I say that we all agree on that. So I don't want it to make it seem like we're trying to give anybody like a pass there. Uh, Cause we're definitely all vehemently against that. If I said that right, um, but <laughs> you're not the best at English. Lucas. I'm not. I'm not. Um, but to your point, Brian, yeah, nothing compares to that adrenaline rush you get from like 3:40 to 4:10 when you're watching all the games on TV, all of them coming down to the wire. You know, yeah, it's exciting when it's your team and you're at that game, but I think watching it on TV, getting that experience sometimes is better than sitting out there in the cold. And you don't have to pay, you know, 120 bucks to 300 bucks for a seat, you know? And I think this is also an effect of fantasy football. Yeah, that's very true. I think you're having a group of people who are fans of the league and they want to watch every game, not one. not one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, that's that's very that's a very interesting point that you brought. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, and NFL teams are no longer local entities, and you can watch every team if you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the Midwest uh, just this past couple months and saw like Steelers fans. It made yeah. no sense being in the middle of Iowa and there are people. <laughs> there's like a ga- a gaggle of Steelers fans watching a football game. It just proves there's bad people everywhere. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there are. Uh, you know there are bad apples, and luckily, luckily, the big thing about the bad apples in those in those cities is that they definitely showcase their kind of character and how terrible their character is. Right? Yeah, you um, can see them coming. Anybody, anytime yeah. you see somebody walking down the street with a Steelers jersey on, you know how they are. So yeah, yeah I mean, you kind of just hope that a truck drives by through a puddle, even if it's on a sunny day, that they hit a puddle and just kind of splash them. I mean, sometimes you pour water on the side of the road to create a puddle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pour that can, can, can we? <laughs> so here y'all are going on and on, and I understand that, you know, me and Brian especially are Bengals fans, and you're, you're a Colt fan, uh, Michael, but um, can we talk about how in the state of Kentucky, as far as most hated team, the team that was voted was the Patriots? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. How? Uh, How? We're right next to Ohio where so most of these teams, you know, we should be either a Colts or a Bengals fan or a Browns fan. So we should hate the Steelers. Well, I feel like the only people who don't hate the New England Patriots are the people who live in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. Majority majority of the states was the Patriots, uh, especially the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So why wouldn't it? I'm sure in the 70s, everybody hated the Steelers. Well, that, okay, and if you take a look at Louisville, which is a big part of the population of Kentucky, not having a pro team, they're a very bandwagon city, so therefore you have a lot of Steelers fans. Mm. And then I think there's a little bit with the Steelers that they feel like they're the best franchise, and there's some hatred and jealousy of the Patriots because of their amount of success. So you're saying Louisville just sucks all around, right? 
except for the ones of us that were raised well and were raised as <laughs> Kentucky fans. Yeah, okay. there are good eggs. There are good eggs in every city, and they true, were blue, true, true. and they were yes. orange and black, or or um, or blue and white again. Yeah. Oh, but it's amazing. Like Louisville is filled uh, uh filled with Green Bay fans. Uh, what? Uh, Steelers fans. Oh, there's Green Bay stuff everywhere. That's how that. Yeah, and that's that. I, I, I mean, I, that. I I have a cousin who's. Yeah, he and his dad are huge Green Bay Packer fans and always have been, and and they're Ohio State fans, of course. Bleh, but that just makes that's so weird. Yeah, well, I but, mean, if you look at it, you know, not to take a dig at the Bengals, but there hasn't been a lot of success for people to cheer for there. There hasn't I mean, been a lot of success in, in the state town, of Ohio. Period. Well, right, but I mean, and the same thing with the Colts. The Colts had a good run there, but other than that, they've been really up and down. Yeah, um, you know, so you're looking at your local teams, and neither of them are really that good. And you're like, well, I got to root for a team that's not my city anyway. I'm going to pick one that's good. Mm-hmm. And that's a fair take. I mean, and again, and I could, I, I could talk about it, you know, tenfold. Having traveled so much in the past year, I've, I've had so many experiences in cities where I'm like, why are you a fan of that team? It doesn't make any sense. Why, like, why? Uh, on God's green earth, am I in the middle of North Dakota seeing New England Patriots banners? That doesn't make any sense. Well, and, you know, to give, I'll even do the very rare thing and give the University of Louisville a compliment, but you have Whoa. an Whoa. entire state full of people that either root for Kentucky or Louisville that are used to success. And yeah. it's hard for them to root for a franchise that's not successful. Yeah, that's so, fair. That's I, very fair. I'm just going to scrap show notes altogether. Um, because we just get, we get so much better co- content sometimes <laughs> are rambling about whatever Michael's so much more comfortable instead of being forced to talk about the NFL that he, <laughs> per, uh, so yeah, but I explained. just complimented Louisville. So I got to go throw up now. So. <laughs> yeah. So you can, it, you have plenty of time. It's like 24 to 48 hours. You, you can get it out of you. It doesn't last in your system that long. Look, I'll just beep it out. Okay. There you and, go. That's and, even better. And because uh, we are so classy, it's not going to be an actual beep. It's just going to be me going beep. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And no e next to this podcast. We are. <laughs> and so that can that be our slogan? Yeah. <laughs> can it be? Can no, that be the new name of the podcast? Double technical. <laughs> no e next to this podcast. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Family friendly. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Family friendly take. We're the we're the perfect competition for those explicit podcasts out there. You know who you are. Yeah, Barstool. We're coming at you. I wasn't trying to name them by name. You know, Dave Porter is going to tear us apart now. Bring it on, McAfee. Uh, uh, that's he's not even the face. We're talking about. I know. Take. Oh my yeah. God, well, let's not apart. talk. Now you just brought them into it. Okay. I just was speaking. You know, generally. Okay. They're under the barstool banner, man. They're gonna kill us. Okay. It's... Wait. I, I do have one more question though before we go. Okay. You know, um, I, I'm a dork and I'm happy about that. But are, so, are we gonna talk and have a pre Royal Rumble show? I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm okay like with two that. weeks. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Can, uh, Royal I'll Rumble. Do it. What? Lucas isn't a wrestling fan. It's cool, man. <laughs> the Royal Rumble, one of the most exciting things that happens in sports entertainment, is a week and a half away. Maybe, um, maybe Michael and I can I take did, over that. Segment. I didn't know that. You know, you can sp- you considered acting sports. Oh boy, where well, everything is just staged and faked. But I mean, well, I, a lot of people say the same thing about the NBA. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, 
<laughs> that is, uh, yeah, maybe that's something that you guys can do. I, I, I just know nothing about wrestling. Not in all seriousness, those people are athletes there and they are willing to do harm to their body. So I have much respect for them, but I'm just, I never grew up a fan of wrestling. So I didn't. There know. you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, we can we can talk that over. I'm I'm okay with that. Sweet. All right. Well, we'll also be adding a new sport. What else can we add? Uh, I mean, there's uh, a local guy too. There's a guy from Cincinnati. What? Even better. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. We need to we need to plan this. All right. Well, we're also gonna find uh, any of our local people who have become uh, great athletes in any other sport of their regard, whether it be water polo or it be uh, curling or whatever. We will. We I don't will... think any of those are weekly televised, though. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it's not like I suggested we have a roller derby spot. Touche, <laughs> touche, but. Fair enough, oh but my gosh. I, I I'm okay with that. I do I've like lost, that suggestion. I've lost control. Oh, okay. You have you 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 set this train in motion, and now yeah. it's and now it is just steam rolling over top of me. That's okay. I mean, this is your this is your grave to lie in. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad I built it myself. Okay, there you go. Everyone, everyone content. Everything, anything left. I'm leaving the floor open. I I planned for this to be two hours. We're at one hour forty seven minutes. So, hey, double else? technical fans, double technical fans. I just want you to know that when you use when you get your twenty dollars off a of SeatGeek, make sure you use it to buy season tickets for the USC Trojans in twenty twenty one when Urban Meyer gets on the oh sideline. My God. <sighs> that would be kind of a perfect marriage, though. Right <laughs> now, you're bringing in like see, this. <laughs> see, no, I mean it really is because yeah. they're already evil. Yeah, it yeah. works. It's perfect. Michael's gonna go do all the research, and now we're gonna gang this take up. That way, they have to credit us when they break the story. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, clip this. I'm going to send it to all the major out, you know, outlets. And that way they, they'll have that on their archive. That Oh, I can't wait first. for that story to pick up steam. I can't wait. Yeah. Gonna be awesome. no, that's it's the, the man, more I think about it, the more I like it. The man <laughs> is having brain issues. He's done coaching. Yeah. He did it. Florida too. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's only going to be so many years that he's going to teach an ethics class at Ohio state. So. All those students better get an A. <laughs> I'm just telling you that right now. I don't hey. trust anybody graduating from Ohio State if they took an ethics class at Urban Meyer. Yeah. I'll, you could have just left oh, it out. You don't trust anybody from Ohio State. Does anybody else think this scene out of Billy Madison? Kind of. Kind of. Actually, I mean, yeah. it's right there at the end where the guy has to answer the question about business ethics and he doesn't know anything. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what yeah. this is. Yeah. Ohio yeah. State is now become a Billy Madison movie. Michael, or an Michael, Adam Sandler movie. I can't wait to see what happens to Ryan Day. Hold on, hold on, Michael. You, you, you there was a mistake. You didn't say the name right. Oh, the Ohio State. Yes. Oh gosh, gosh no. Yeah. Yeah. There was guys, such, come on, that man. was so dead. Pause. I'm sorry. So, okay, you gotta let us. You gotta let us have that one, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> you can't. You can't fuel the fire if you want the fire to. You know. I would buy a tosu shirt though if there was one can the t be really big and then the o s and u be like unreadable <laughs> i don't know oh, they're oh. making such a big deal about the the they should yeah, change their right. university it's name to the, the giant t yeah say it right brian the not the i said the no you said the i don't know <laughs> i actually own a rutgers shirt 
that I what? bought after they beat Louisville in football on like a last second field goal, like 15 years ago when Louisville was really good. Michael, oh, okay. I was about to say, do you buy shirts for everyone who beats Louisville? Because you probably have a lot of shirts from a lot of colleges, man. Right. Yeah. No, no. That I only when it like cost them the league championship. Oh, I like your style. Yeah. I like that. That's why we need video on this podcast. That way, every time Louisville loses, Michael can come in wearing a big. Where? where yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I don't I'm... know. I don't know who beat Louisville recently. <laughs> Not North Carolina, surprisingly enough, but. I am working on getting this to a visual medium, so we will be able to do something like that. Okay, Brian Perfect. got to say his piece. Michael, any any last words or last randomness? Um, I don't know. Not really. I feel like we got it all out. I, uh... <laughs> there there seemed to be something you're holding back, but it's okay. Uh, no, I think it's great. I mean, I can talk about, you know, I, I got to save it for the wrestling podcast now. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fine. Y'all, y'all can have fun with that. Um, yeah. all right. So, uh, this has been a very interesting episode of double technical. Uh, please everyone, uh, make sure to check us out on anchor, Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to us right now. We're also on all those other platforms, share everything that we post, uh, make sure to follow us, Double Technical, search us, you'll find us, and also follow these guys, especially on Twitter, where they uh, post their great sports takes. We have Michael, who is at Mick underscore McCarty, and then we have Brian, who is Brian Goings DT. Uh, make sure to follow both of them there and uh, get some likes, get some retweets, and who knows, maybe they'll end up getting more followers and likes than the actual podcast does, but who cares? That's fine. Hey, um, once we get the credit we deserve for breaking the Urban Meyer story. Shut up. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> that is it. All right, everyone, please check out SeatGeek. Use code Double Technical for $20 off your first ticket purchase. And uh, also check out Anchor. You can uh, support us by donating there as well. This is Lucas Ryman. This is also Michael McCarty and Brian Goins. This is Double Technical Podcast, and we hope everyone has a fantastic weekend and we will be back here to talk to y'all on monday peace out